This episode of Says Who is brought to you by you through your support of our Patreon at patreon.com slash says who. You are the one that makes this happen in big and small ways. So thank you very, very much. Patreon.com slash says who. I'm here to talk to you about books right now. I could not recommend them more. Really, like if you've ever just been like, I really need to sink my teeth into a series or something, just like pick it up and try something. I mean, honestly, this is your moment for readers. Honest. I'm reading a book about goblins right now, and I don't even I don't <laughs> usually don't read about goblins, but I'm totally reading a book about a goblin court. And I'm, I'm liking it. I'm enjoying it. It's the same one I accidentally spilled some water in the middle of the night and the back cover of this paperback about the goblins adhered itself to my dresser or to my nightstand. And so like a transfer. So there is a transfer of this back copy of this book about goblins permanently on my nightstand now. Sort of like it's like a weird work of art. So I'm just letting it be. Um, anyway, books are a way you can totally Leave your house and go anywhere you want by reading a book. Magic. Uh, I've written books. If you want, look, I've written books if you want them, but you don't have to read mine. But if you do, that's cool. I wrote a whole series about like mystery, going to a school in Vermont. It's all murders and cool stuff. So you could go there for a while. There's three books. Truly Devious, The Vanishing Stare, The Hand on the Wall. But any books will do. And uh, books. And finally, if you need clothes for your sheltering in place, can I direct you to merch.sayswhopodcast.com where you can pick up your own These Aren't Bright Guys and Things Got Out of Hand three-quarter sleeve t-shirt. You could also get that on a mug. You can get other things too. Merch.sayswhopodcast.com. They're still getting manufactured and shipped, so get your stuff. I really, I forgot to get that shirt. I got to get that get shirt. It, place the order, yo. I got to get that shirt. Welcome to McTesties. How can I take your order? Hello. I, um, I have a coffin. I was told I could come drive over here and be tested. Oh, hey, kid. You're, you're working the drive through Yeah, uh, welcome, welcome to McTesties. Um. That's, name sounds gross. Yeah, we, um. We took over this, uh, do you work here? You, this is, this I is, did, uh, yeah. but I, I got sent home. Right. It's McTesties now. That's great. I feel like you should have maybe workshopped that name a little more. We did workshop this name. <coughs> okay. should Well, I, I'm, I'm supposed to get a test. <coughs> I uh -huh. stop coughing. Right. Can you, can I, can I get a test, please? Um, There's a line of cars behind me, so yeah, yeah. Can we um, just do this. I'm happy to give you a, a test. Uh, I have one here. It's uh, World Capitals. Um, That's what, not what. What is the capital of Egypt? Cairo. But anyway, good. Uh, that's not really good start. Uh, it's not. What is the capital of Canada? Ottawa, but anyway, that's really good. You know, he he didn't know that one either, so that's, okay. that's really you're doing better than, uh, uh yeah, um, yeah. So you've uh, got a hundred. Please drive through. That's what I did. I you're supposed to shove something up my nose. I thought you want. Well, I can write a hundred on a piece of paper and shove it up your nose if you want. And that's then... that's not. Uh, did you do you yeah, have tests for the virus? For the virus. Yeah, that's what this is supposed to be. Right. Isn't right, it? Right, right. Isn't it? Well, it, um, your boss said this was a thing that yeah. anyone could get tested. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, he did say that, kid. Um, things aren't great at work right now. Um, as Ooh. you can see, I'm, I've been sent over here to McTesty's. Um, I'm not a, not a medical professional, kid. Uh, uh seems like you should probably have a, one of those. Right, yeah, but he put me in charge of this one, and, um... Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah, I'm disappointed, too, to be honest with you. Uh, but, uh, he put me in charge. Um, he called me one of his best people for this. I don't... And then he took a nap. So, okay. um... Yeah. but can I get... Can I actually get a test here? 
Yeah, you got a hundred. You did really good. That's not the y test. You mean for you mean the other test? Yeah. And we don't. We don't. Um. We don't. Ha we don't have those. Um. I can kind of. Uh, um. Let me hear you cough. <laughs> it doesn't sound good. Uh, I'm gonna say maybe. <laughs> I'm gonna say. Yeah, I'm gonna say maybe. Please drive through. It's not. Oh boy. Can I at least get a fries? No. Who, the podcast that isn't a podcast. It's a coping strategy. I am Dan Sinker. And I'm Maureen Johnson. Hey, 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 hey. Dan, Danny Tan, Danny, Danny Pantsy Pants. Pantsy Dan. That's hey. awkward. Yeah. Hello. Hello. Hey. Hey, Maureen. How are you? Oh, fine. You got like, you, you're like, you're like a, you're like a talking finger guns right now. What's going on <laughs> over there? You that's right. I'm a I'm a human T-shirt cannon right now, Dan. I'm. <laughs> it's just personified. Yep. Ah, uh, how are you hanging in there, Maureen? You know, pretty good. Pretty good. Um, yeah. for a given value of good. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> but no, we've definitely all downshifted what good is at this point. Hey, listen, we're, we're going to get into this, but um. Uh, yeah, like, uh, I'm, uh, I sit around and count all the ways I'm lucky all day long. Um, and, you know, just say, thanks for that. Thanks for that. Thanks. You know, I can work from home. That's really, you know, cause we're all in different positions right now. We're all in the same position in different positions. There's, I, I yeah. How are you? You know what? I we are in now week two of homeschooling our two kids, uh, which is the biggest change of pace. I've worked from home for nine years. So and Janice has been been home since her cancer. And uh, so the big the big adaptation has been just, oh, now there are two kids here all the time that we need to occupy as well, which um which has its ups and has its uh, less ups, I would say. But um, but overall, I would say we're actually doing okay. Um, you know, check back in a few weeks and we'll see where we're at. But um, but you know, it's uh, I I feel like all of the travel in our trailer that we have done for the last two summers was fairly good prep for this because mm -hmm. when you are living four up and a dog in a 27 foot trailer, you learn a lot about how to sort of be in the same space, but totally ignore each other, which mm -hmm. is something that you need to do now. You know, um, I remember the first time in our trailer when we were like, Hey, look to the, to our kid who at the time was, I guess, 12. Um, I know we're all crammed in this one room, but we're all going to do our own thing here. We're all going to put headphones on. We're all going to watch our own YouTube videos. Like we're just going to spend some time apart, even though we are next to each other. And that has served us well. Um, you know, we're doing a lot together, but that that ability to just basically be like, all right, everyone's checking out and doing their own thing now. That has saved us. The other thing that saved us, Maureen. Friday night. We had a fancy dinner. We found some frozen steaks in the back of our freezer. We got dressed up. We put a tablecloth down. It was really nice, actually. I saw you guys doing that, and I loved it so much. It was great. We even got the 14-year-old to put a tie on. Oh, my God. Did we he even got was... me to put a tie on, for that oh, matter. That's even... How did he like that? Was he... He was good. He was the one that thought of it. He was the one that was like, hey, we should have steaks those steaks to celebrate friday fancy uh, night you know the first week first weekend so i think we're going to try to do that uh do that every week is have a have a fancy dinner on friday nights to mark the mark the passage of time 
that's a good thing is maybe make a, a, a daily thing, like a theme of the day, like Mondays yeah. are, I don't know. Yeah, our four-year-old today announced as he was getting dressed, he was all, everyone should wear their favorite clothes. That's not so, a bad idea. No, I think that, you know, just uh, doing doing stuff to mix it up is uh, is important. Yeah, as soon as when the weather was got warm one day, I made, I put on a dress. I wear a lot yeah. of dresses in the summer because they're better in the summer. Yeah. Um, that, then it got free, then it dropped. Yesterday was very rainy and cold. Yeah. Which was a little challenging in terms of Puppo. Um, she didn't want to go to the bathroom outside because it was freezing and raining and pouring down. And she was like, why are we out here? I'm so sad. I don't want to poop out here. Um, yeah. Um, we are pretty well set up for the work thing. I mean, uh, physically. Yeah. The, the, um, there's a lot of brain fog. Yes. You know, like that when I would try to do work last week, I found that my brain was like, we're closed for business. <laughs> like I just, I sat down to do it and there was nothing, there was nothing in there. Yeah. It was like, I'd open the door to a, just, I was like, what's in the, it's an empty closet. Like there's, there's just nothing. <laughs> there's no thoughts in here. They just don't exist. Um, which is fine. I want to talk a little, can we talk, really break down the coping and how everybody's doing really get some, because I think you and I probably have some good strategies for how to do this. Yeah. I'm um, in. Yeah. Cause you guys, we know that you're out there. We know a lot of you are, you're in all different positions. Some of you are going, into work because you're in positions where you know you have also there's what's it what's weird also is that you i'm in new york you're in chicago yeah new york and chicago are are operating like new york chicago san francisco there's a couple places where we are doing basically we don't have a shelter in place order but we do have a shelter in place order it's the same difference we do Um, have a shelter in place order now yeah, they they just didn't use those words, but it's the right. same thing. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, no, there are so I was I was actually listening to our pal Akila Hughes's What a Day podcast today and in in passing she mentioned that there are 150 Americans now in some level of shelter in place or otherwise locked down and I realized like wow, that's a big number. 150? Also, that means that there are 150 million that aren't. Oh, million. Right. I thought you just said 150. I was like, who are these 150 people and where no. are they at? 150 million. Um, right. So like yeah. we are in such a weird thing where, yeah, me and you are in these lockdowns, but other folks listening may be in states where they have not instituted anything yet. It's yeah. bizarre. It's really it's because, yeah, it's unbelievably strange. So if I watch the news and see people going out, I kind of just look at it and go, what, what, what am I on a different planet? Like, I don't understand. Yeah. I don't understand. Um, yeah. Yeah. So we're all in these different positions, but a lot of you are. So a lot of you are going to be in various, you know, I think most places schools are closed. I don't even know that that's true. I, think it's I, all I, but I have yet or four to states. see anywhere that breaks down state by state where people are at. Yeah, it's a, I, it is a I, missing piece of visualization that I wish existed right now. And I did see something. I don't want to have to make it. I did see something yesterday and I, I forget exactly, but I think it's something like there's three or four states that aren't doing it. Um, so most of us, I would say it's fair to say that most of us are home. Yeah. And what's also fascinating is that what like things I like, like for example, a podcast I love in England, like the, the guy made a vid, you know, seeing people that you like seeing all of us at home is wild. It's, it's yeah. just, and it, it is this, it's fascinating. Cause I don't, I don't know if anybody, if we've ever been so 
kind of separate but together in terms of everybody you know like there's never there's never been an experiment like this there's just never right. happened and so, there's also never been the technology that would allow us to see it in real time you know yeah. like if you're living in England during World War II, you weren't able to real time see people somewhere else that were, you know, in right? their bomb shelters or whatever. You know, like we are we are not only living through a unprecedented time, but we also have an unprecedented type of technology that allows us to to experience it together, which I think is a is a help, but also is wild. I was talking to some friends from high school the other day and I was speculating. We were, I was like, how would we all have felt, say, senior year to not go back to school? Would we have liked it or not? And then, of course, we realized that there was no Internet at the time. So we wouldn't have like there, there wasn't any way to do what's happening now that, you know, for example, I was like all the reading I could have done. And I was like, well, the library would have been closed. I wouldn't have had any books. Like there was, there's no e-reading. There's yeah. no, yeah. There would be no way to get any books. No, um, there was no, you know, there was no Amazon or things like that. So, yeah, there was no video conferencing or, yeah. <laughs> so in many ways, I'm like, yeah, I don't have to go to Catholic school today. Wear my dumb uniform and <clears throat> deal with that shit. Um. But at the same time, I just would have been in the house with my parents. And I don't know how I would have felt about that. Yeah, there's certainly that. So, and we all would have been in the house together. I don't think it would have gone well. <laughs> Agreed. I do not think it would have gone well. Agreed. 100%. This is another way that two two months for two years in a 27 foot trailer has helped us in kind of being able to give our teenage sons some distance as well. But if I'd had this, all this stuff, I think I would have been down to clown. I think I would have been okay with it. <laughs> yeah. Just lock yourself in your room with a phone. Oh, worst ways to spend some time. It's basically what I do normally. Mm -hmm. But Dan, I wanted to tell a story about a castle. I want to hear a story about a castle, Maureen. I occasionally talk about my time in the castle. In 2004, I've, or probably 2003, I found out about a fellowship that uh, is in Scotland where there is a castle. There are a lot of castles in Scotland. People buy them because they're just sitting around. Castles. You want a castle? You can get one. They're in various states of repair, but the Heinz family of the ketchup owns a castle Whoa. and they use it as a writer's retreat and it's a, they give a fellowship and every month they choose five writers and you what? get to go there and live they feed you. They do your laundry. You live in the castle. Um, it's all paid for. You just have to get. You just have to get there, and they'll take care of the rest. Is it all ketchup-based meals? No, we'll get to the meals, Dan. We'll get to those meals. I applied to this thing almost as a joke, thinking I would not get in. Yeah. Um, and I, at the time, it was a hot summer in New York, and there was a fucking ice cream truck going past my window. Every goddamn five minutes. I honestly, it just, my blood pressure goes up. I was trying to write and this goddamn ice cream truck kept going by. And this whole thing I wrote to them was like, please, you got to get me away from this ice cream truck. Dear <laughs> Lord and lady so-and-so, I'm going fucking insane with this. I will be so quiet. I will wear <laughs> quiet shoes and I will chew it. So I sent this off with a ha ha ha. I get a call one day in February and or actually probably like the 27th of January or something like that from a guy with an with an English accent who says, hi, my name is Richard. Our committee chose you, but fucked up and forgot to send you your like your letter got fucked up and they didn't. He didn't. This is I'm paraphrasing. And your letter didn't get there, but we, you were chosen. and You got the fellowship. 
but it starts on February 1st. And I was like, I, 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 I got the first one. So I had to scramble Whoa. and pack and buy a ticket. And this was like no small potatoes to do this. But I was like, yeah. I fucking going to this no matter what. And I packed up my stuff and I flew to England where I stayed with my friends for a night. My friend Simon Vicky. And then I took a train up to Scotland. And from there, I guess I took a cab or something out. This was it's outside of Edinburgh, about 20 minutes. But 20 minutes outside of Edinburgh can be a, it, this castle, it's just alongside, there's just a turn on a road, and suddenly you're, you drive through the woods for about half a mile, maybe more. And then suddenly there's just a castle there. Like, whoa, it's, it's not huge, but it's, it's, I mean, still pretty big. It's a castle. It's a, very it's a large space um and it was nighttime and it was dark now february in scotland is dark like yeah the sun starts kind of go like twilight starts around two it's not great if you're like me and you really don't like short days but yeah. i was psyched and the whole thing was there's five there's five writers in there and during the day Technically, according to the rules, you're not supposed to talk. And I had no cell phone there because at the time, like, no, but it, getting an international cell phone was like, yeah, uh, I mean, just I just didn't have one. Well, and cell service in rural Scotland at the time, I'm sure, was basically non-existent, too. Uh, it was patchy. Yeah, but it and also no Internet it was one of the rules of the castle is that the castle had no Internet. No television. The only thing we had, so I had a, an adorable little room, um, and they gave us things like, uh, did they give a yoga mat or did I bring one? I think I, I think I brought one because you can fold those up pretty flat. Um, we were each given a little radio and a set of headphones so that we could listen to the radio. <laughs> that was it. Wow. There was there was one telephone in the hallway and in order to call I had to like go through like I had to have calling cards and it was like a whole thing so yeah no phone no com no internet computer to type on no internet um they had their own library book selection was like it was pretty good but some like you know it was I was pulling books out of the library we'll, we'll get to it so I arrive at this dark spooky castle all the other writers are it turns out nice people, but very English, older than me generally, and very into the English book scene. And I did not know. It. They all seemed to know everybody that everybody else knew. Like, it seemed to be like, it made me think that England was, it's made England seem like there were 10 people that lived in it and they all knew each other. So I was very much the American mm -hmm. and just like, like a fish out of water. And we frequently didn't see each other during the day at all. Um, breakfast, we saw each other. Then lunch was delivered to our door. So we got a little package of sandwiches and soup and a snack. Um, at 4 p.m., a tea tray with cookies was put out. And then dinner was served. We met in a room at a certain time where we all had a glass of sherry. And then we went into dinner. Now, dinner was great. There was a cook there. She came in every day from the neighboring town and her food was awesome. And they made vegetarian food for me. They made me vegetarian haggis. They like, she did an amazing job. Wow. I ate really well. But basically we saw each other at breakfast and I was slightly scared of these people. Then at 1 p.m. a package of lunch would appear by my door with some coffee in it and the soup and the sandwich and the snack. And then I would see everybody for the sherry and the dinner. And then we would retire to this room for coffee and tea if you wanted it. Where we, And then we would go to our respective rooms for a month. Dan, let me tell you how that goes. The first thing that happens, I started, am I talking too much? You let me know. No, just go for it. Go for All it. Right. 
What, what has anyone got to do right now? Listen to your friend, Maureen. So I started keeping a diary of a day-by-day observation. And maybe I should, I posted this once, but maybe I should crack it out and do it again. Um, I called it the Badger Diaries because <laughs> I the woods around us were very, very dark. And my Englishy friends, uh, I was like, what, what is out there? What can get you? And cause I'd heard about badgers and how kind of how vicious they were. And they're like, no, you got to watch out for the owls. They'll go for your eyes. So the only thing we had to do today during the day for fun was we could walk around the castle, like outside. Mm-hmm. There were paths, through the woods, it was very beautiful. It smelled lovely and fragrant. And there were caves there where apparently William Wallace had hidden out. So there Whoa. were caves and cliffs and I was I was wearing these Ugg boots every day because they were sort of like slippers and boots. They were very good for that particular temperature and 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 ter- I was so quiet I snuck up on a deer one day. <laughs> so I kept this diary and it's just a point by point observation of like me like for, I didn't see anybody for the first 24 hours me trying to figure out what my neighbors were like, excited reports of like when the lunch would arrive and and just my mental state as I coped with the fact that I was very much alone in the woods in this castle and I was trying to transmit to the world. This was like my document of this time in the castle. And what I found was this, for the first two weeks, I remember a couple times where I felt like I was breaking and I thought, I can't do this. I yeah. can't do this. I'm so cut off. It's so dark. It's so like, I-, I can't, but I did. And then I would find like that as the time went on, there was this sudden kind of midway point where my brain just switched and suddenly I was writing all the time and it all felt very natural. And I was like, well, the now's when I go and I look, you know, I look out the window and then I, I do my little walk and I, and then by the end, by four weeks, I was having trouble imagining what it would be like to not do this. Yeah. I was like, well, this is, this is just how things are. It's great. Uh, also the last night we found that there was internet in the castle and there was one Jack, we had to push away a piece of furniture and we all sneakily, (laughs) like we were all, it turns out like hiding all these facts from each other. And like, we all kind of broke down and had this kind of weird coming together. And we illegally took the internet and we kind of partied and played Scrabble and like, it had all these like home truths. And but two interesting things. One night, also the first night I was there down, I accidentally got locked in a dungeon because the library was in a dungeon, an old dungeon from 1100. And the the housekeeper didn't know that anybody was in there. So I was in there oh, looking no. at the books. And then I hear this clunk, the turn of a key from a door from like 1500 that's like six inches thick with no way of telling anybody that I'm not, that, oh, that I'm in no. there. And I start pounding on the door like I, I was... I, ha- I was facing the very real prospect that I was going to spend the night locked in a cold Scottish dungeon. Fortunately, they noticed that somebody was missing because there were only five of us and they went looking and they found me in the dungeon pounding at the door. And on another occasion, I will tell you what happened the day that I left to go to Edinburgh and came back because that's my most exciting story, but I've already talked too much. All I'm saying is I went through that process like i thought i was going to break like that my brain was going to shatter into a thousand pieces but it turns out that i would wake up the next day and be like yeah this is all right and then over time your brain absolutely adapts yeah no i think that's i think that's very true and i also think that you're gonna have low points and high points i mean i I would say right now, my lowest point was this past Thursday evening. I just really got deep into 
doom surfing and and worrying and all of that. And then Friday was easily the best day I've had in this whole mm-hmm. thing. It's a good day from start to finish. So, you know, you're going to have these. But I feel like, Maureen, you need to share that diary with Republican senators because they're all about to spend a lot of time locked mm. away inside themselves. Thanks hate, to the fact. You hate to see it. You do. Thanks to the fact that Rand Paul announced on Sunday that he has tested positive for COVID-19, which caused immediately multiple Republican senators to go into self-quarantine. It has, in fact, caused a huge power shift in the Senate with votes now deadlocked at 47-47. If one more Republican ends up in quarantine, then the Democrats would technically have the majority. I don't know how that would work, but... um, but you hate to see it. But Rand Paul, Maureen Johnson, let me just talk you through his timeline, according to CNN's Jake Tapper. A week and a half or so ago, he shut his offices down because of coronavirus, telling his staff to work from home, uh, not because he thought he had it, but because uh, that was just, you know, the the orders. Uh But then on March 15th, it was reported that two individuals that attended an event that he also was at a uh, art museum uh, fundraiser in Kentucky tested positive for coronavirus. Quote, the source close to Paul says the sender was confident he hadn't interacted with the two, so he didn't think much of it. But then he thought about the particular vulnerability of those with respiratory and lung issues. Now, side note, Maureen. Rand Paul has lung issues. In fact, he had part of his lung removed because he got his ass kicked by his neighbor over a lawn care dispute of a couple of years ago. So he realized that he needed to a lawn care dispute. He realized that he needed to get tested. So uh, even though he was asymptomatic, he decided to play it safe. He got the test. Now, according to this, He got the test six or seven days ago, but he felt fine and had no symptoms, and he didn't think that he had it. Now, it took a sitting senator a week to get his test results back. Seems like an issue. Issue two, you're supposed to quarantine while you wait for your results, and he did not do that. In fact, he went about his daily life, quote, including lunching with colleagues last week and going to the Senate gym on Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. In fact, I read that he went swimming in the pool on Sunday morning. After he got the test results, he learned that he tested positive. He immediately left the Senate and announced this. Now, Maureen Johnson, I don't usually wish ill on people. Right. And I fear for a lot of the folks that he has likely spread this to. But Rand Paul is an asshole. And just six days ago, tried to block the very first coronavirus funding bill by attaching various amendments that would have killed it. Um, Also... In a bit of irony. So one of the reasons why Republicans are speedily self-quarantining and Democrats are not is because the Republican caucus has insisted on meeting in person for the last week while Democrats moved to video conferencing. So all these people have been meeting up every day trying to figure out what to do and apparently exposing all of themselves in the process. Well, Republican... And Republicanism, as it stands now, is about to directly collide with the Darwin Awards. Yeah. Yeah. Considering that the president has currently decided that he's gotten bored, coupled with probably a lot of rich people that he's friends with complaining to him about the fortunes that they've lost. And he is trying to get people back to work in a week. Despite... Despite every every medical professional saying that that is the last thing that we should be doing, and despite the, you know, clear direction from Dr. Anthony Fauci, who's the head of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, who's one of the only voices of sense 
in this mix, which Maureen brings us to a special edition of Says Hooster Peace Theater. Playing the role of Dr. Anthony Fauci, head of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, will be Maureen Johnson. Playing the role of Science Magazine reporter John Cohen will be Dan Sinker. question everyone has is how are you well I'm, I'm sort of exhausted but other than that i'm good i mean i'm not to my knowledge coronavirus infected to my knowledge i haven't been fired <laughs> how are you managing to not get fired well that's pretty interesting because to uh trump's credit even though we disagree on some things he listens uh, he goes his own way he has his own style but on substantive issues he does listen to what i say but you've been in press conferences where things are happening that you disagree with. Is that fair to say? Well, I don't disagree with the substance. It's expressed in a way that I would not express it because it could lead to some misunderstanding about what the facts are about a given subject. You're standing there saying nobody should gather with more than 10 people, and there are almost 10 people with you on the stage, and there are certainly more than 10 journalists there asking questions. I, I know that. I'm, I'm trying my best. Uh, I cannot do the impossible. What about the travel restrictions? Trump keeps saying that the travel ban for China, which began on the 2nd of February, had a big impact on slowing the spread of the virus to the United States and that he wishes China would have told us three to four months earlier and that they were, quote, very secretive. Uh, China didn't immediately reveal the discovery of a new coronavirus in late December 2019. By, by the 10th of January, Chinese researchers made the sequence of the virus public. It just doesn't comport with the facts. I, I know, but what do you want me to do? I mean, I mean, seriously, John, let's get real. What do you what do you want me to do? Most everyone thinks you're doing a remarkable job, but you're standing there as a representative of truth and facts. But things are being said that aren't true and aren't factual. The way it happened is that after he made that statement suggesting China could have revealed the discovery of a new coronavirus three to four months earlier, I told the appropriate people. It doesn't comport because two to three months earlier would have been September. The next time they sit down with him and talk about what he's going to say, they will say, by the way, Mr. President, be careful about this and don't say that. But I, I can't jump in front of the microphone and push him down. OK, he said it. Let's try to get it corrected for the next time. You have not said China virus. Ever. And you never will, will you? No. What? What happens before each press conference? What do you do as a group? We're in the task force. We sit down for an hour and a half, go over all the issues on the agenda, and then we proceed from there and go to an anteroom right in front of the Oval Office to talk about what are going to be the messages, what are the things we want to emphasize. Then we go in to see the president. And we present our consensus to him, and somebody writes a speech. Then he gets up and ad-libs on his speech, and then we're up there to try to answer questions. Right now, why do we have a travel ban on visitors from China when there are few cases in China other than imported cases? What's what's the logic? I'm sorry. I was just looking at two text messages, one from a governor and one from the White House. I got to get off. <sighs> Maureen Johnson. It is worth noting. So this this was a interview only lightly edited. There are just a couple of questions that didn't didn't come in from Science Magazine that came out yesterday morning. Yesterday afternoon, Anthony Fauci was not up on stage with the president. So that's um, great. Oh, you know. Uh, oh, Dan. I, uh, 
you didn't pre-read, did you? That all just sank in. I can hear it in your voice. I also have a real scratchy throat, but I will say this is my high allergy season. This is when my yes. allergies kick in every year. I have a scratchy throat every last week of March. So yeah, I'm just the, paying the more attention to of, the timing of allergy season with this is feels like a real cruel joke. I spent all last week with a very scratchy throat and uh, watery eyes and all of it. And uh, yeah, it's not. It's not great to no. have all the things that are also symptoms essentially being the things that are allergies. Yeah, but it's, a, you know, let's let's check in with says Whovia. Let's Maureen Johnson. So the says Whovia group on Facebook, which is Facebook slash group slash says Whovians has been a remarkable place. So many people have joined. Again, if you are joining, you do have to put in a request to join. That is simply so that the group does not uh, broadcast into each other, into people's uh, news feeds. But uh, approval is is quick and and there. But folks are just doing an incredible job of supporting each other. Folks are getting tested and some folks are sick and people are reaching out and helping each other along the way. I will say one says Whovian's mother-in-law was sick uh, and has gotten better. So that is a, a great thing. So to, they had it to hear. They had it and they mm -hmm. have recovered. Mm -hmm. um, so that is, and is a that's wonderful going to boost. be the story the vast majority of the time. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, folks. Folks in the says Whovian group, they're growing vegetables. I, I also am growing vegetables, Maureen. So am I. My lettuce is coming up. I just saw the basil that I planted. The first two shoots of basil have come up from the ground, and I think the cilantro is going to pop tomorrow. I'm excited. I've got little radish and pepper plants in a box on, on my in my office. It's good. It's nice. It is a nice way of just seeing progress. Lettuce is especially amazing because it like sprouts in like three seconds. So um, we I have a couple of pots where I did a line of, of lettuce seeds and now and I'm going to add a line every week so that in a little bit we'll have lettuce every week. I have a question exciting. about that. So when you grow the lettuce, like, for example, I have a little hydroponic garden. Yeah. I think what happens is you can kind of trim it and use it and then it just keeps growing. I think just, I think the hydroponic, it just, you can cut it and it just keeps coming. I think that lettuce, I don't know that it keeps coming and keeps coming, but I don't know anything, Maureen. I'm just, I'm just planting shit. But, uh, I, but I do know like if you stagger your seeds, then you've got the ability to kind of have replenishment mm. over over time because it wasn't all put in at once. How soon will your lettuce be usable? I think it, it for I mean it's like it's like a little time. If I wanted to eat sprouts, I think I could eat it right now. But um Ooh. but uh I think it's gonna be a few weeks still till I would, till we have baby lettuce. I would a hundred percent do this anyway. No, I mean it's I used to do a lot of planting in our yard, um, but then we have started to travel every summer. And so planting isn't isn't all that sensible. Um, so it's actually it is a nice return to form for me to have a bunch of seeds. Plus, it's something that me and the four year old can do together. But in the Facebook group, there's somebody who's taking it one step further and they are actually growing vegetables from existing vegetables. There is a pretty great photo of a the bottom of a stalk of celery that has new celery starting to grow out Ooh. from the center. Yeah. Just you keep can, it. We're you all reverting to frontier tricks now. I, I've done that. Uh, you do that with um, scallions, like green onions. Yeah. So if you eat a green onion, that little hairy tip on the end, keep yeah. those. Put just it in use some water. Yeah. Just yeah. use the onion. And you could keep that. You put it in some water and it will grow you another onion. Like you can just, I've done that before just in general. Like you just keep them on a windowsill and you can basically have all the green onions you want from the green onions you already have. Yeah. And it grows fast. Yeah. Yeah. 
And uh, but yeah, so people are growing stuff. People are playing board games. Maureen Johnson, we have started playing Catan with the four year old. And that mm-hmm. is some fun stuff. He joins a team. He's one of us on a team. But um, it is it is a joy to play that game with a kid. All he wants is sheep. Oscar, who makes video games. I was like, it's, it's time. Show me a video game. And uh, <laughs> he showed me the goose game. Oh, the, the goose game is great, Maureen. I'd never played it. I was like, I don't understand. The whole thing is just that you're a goose. He's like, yeah, but you're an asshole. Like You're just trying to, you honk and you steal. And I was like, this makes no sense to me. Half hour later, I was rocking that goose game. Yeah, I was you just, were. I was just being a dick. <laughs> it is. If you've never played the goose game, you're because I'd, I'd seen pictures of it, but I was like, what? what is this goose game? You're a goose. You're an asshole. Your job is yeah. that you go around and you steal. You can steal things, knock things over. You're trying to like, but the whole first level is that you're just trying to bother a gardener. That's it. And it's so satisfying. Yeah. For it's those great. of you unfamiliar, it's called, it is actually called the Untitled Goose Game. Uh, and yeah, it is, it is a lot of fun. My 14 year old has basically, I've not seen him since Animal Crossing came out on, uh, on Friday. Mm. And, yeah. Uh, also, Living with someone who makes video games, they were fully just as their job playing Animal. They as their job, they were playing Animal Crossing. Um, yeah. I don't know if I do. You, I've never played it. I keep. I was like, do you think I'd like it? Do you think I? It like seems very Stardew esque. Um, in Stardew Valley esque, you are in a little town that is kind of coming up, and you know you have to do tasks and that sort of thing. I think the biggest difference is I was talking to him about this last night on a, uh, when we were on a walk, a day in animal crossing is the length of a day in real life. So it, um, it is a, a much slower moving and slower progressing game than, than Stardew Valley in that way. But, um, but yeah, people have been playing video games together. In fact, um, he joined the says who discord group. And uh, shared a says who hat he made in Animal Crossing. So um, you can make all kinds of stuff. It's pretty fun. Speaking of Discord, in the Facebook group, people have started a writer's group, specifically mm. uh, a writer's group in a in a Discord as well. For those of you that aren't familiar, Discord is a sort of a private message board system versus a, a Facebook or something like that. But yeah, people are helping each other, Maureen. I would say not just within our own little Sezuvian world, but generally it has been truly heartening to see how many people have been reaching out, helping each other, supporting each other. You know, I have video chatted with people that I have meant to get in touch with for years. Yeah, me too. Um, and suddenly now it's like, oh yeah, let's, let's get this one on the books and just chat every week. And it's like, there has been a little bit of clarifying to me around what are the things that are important and what are the what is the effort you need to put in to keep them going that I find to be heartening? We're we're going to get good things out of this. Yeah. You know, mind them, find them. I Good training for this was being sick for almost a year. Yeah. I, for about, for quite a long time, there were months where I couldn't leave the house. And I had to, um, you know, I, I couldn't really do much of anything. Um, but you, you actually find way like it's your body will settle. And there's a, a couple, two things. I was sick for a while. Also, I've had anxiety in the past. Yeah. And when I had it badly, I threw myself into every single thing that I read about, heard about that could deal with it. And uh, therapy, meditation, medication, exercise, stress reduction, group, like well, you name it. And as it turns out, my that anxiety was based on a form of anemia I had. So basically my brain was fritzing out. So it was going to happen really uh, no matter what. But, um, but you could, the thing is you can still treat it. And the thing about it is, I would say the most important lesson if you've never experienced it is, it's not a constant. 
No emotion is a constant. They go up, they go down, they move. They're not solid blocks, even if they feel like solid blocks. Um, you can, if you feel a spike of anxiety, but you know, you're going to, it's okay. It's oh, fine. Yeah. It's just, it's just a thing. You can look at it. You could say, oh, this is anxiety. It's not yours. It's just it. Oh, there it is. And it try to, this is a, an exercise that takes repetition to do it, but noting it, letting it be there. Moving on. Does it, is it more of a feeling? Is it a thought? Oh, there's a thought. Okay. Move on. Oh, there's yeah. a feeling. Oh, my chest feels tight. Feeling. Okay. All right. Oh, it, it's make my head feels like it's full of bees. Okay. That's a thought. That's a feeling. It's okay. Meditation works with time. It, in, in time, it will actually change your brain. Um, so this is a great time. I know people are with meditation, but it's very, very useful. And it will, um, when I got sick, I used a meditation program every single day for a year without fail. And wow. it, they had, they even have like, I use Headspace, which I think is a great starter, but there's loads yeah. of them that you can use, but they have one for pain that was actually very, very effective in reducing pain. Wow. Like more than a lot of my pain medication, because one of the things they try to have you do is find the pain. And sometimes when you try to find it, you can't, you don't know where it's at. It's you're like, well, where is it? You know, let your breath, let your brain sit with it. And it, it gets real slippery. All of a sudden the it's, you know, your brain's looking for where the pain is and it seems to move around a little bit. It doesn't, it, it's, it's an incredible way of helping with this. But all of these things are fluid. You adapt. You get sea legs for this stuff. You really yeah. do. So, you know, don't, don't think that if you're feeling something, this is the way you will permanently feel. Right. Because that's not how feelings work. No, not at all. And it's a... There are opportunities. So I have for a very long time said I need to not be looking at my phone before bed. Right. Mm -hmm. And um, it is it been amplified and magnified uh, as I spend, you know, two hours before eventually passing out, just sort of doom surfing my way through Twitter and and other links. And so just a few nights ago. Uh, I was like, you know what? I'm plugging my phone in in the living room before I go into the bedroom. So it's not even available to me if I need it, because the biggest problem is is doom surfing before bed makes me then sleep terribly, which I already am not a great sleeper. Wake up in the middle of the night and reach over and grab my phone and it's done. Right. Mm -hmm. So um, it is not just a stop me from looking at it before bed, but also make it so I'm not grabbing it in the middle of the night. And the first night it was it felt stressful. Like I definitely was like, oh, wait, oh, and not just for the bad news, but for just like got very used to being like, oh, I should add this one thing to my Instacart order and just reach over and grab the phone and add it. But, um, uh, you know, I just made a note of it in a notebook next to next to my bed instead. But, um, you know, the first night it was stressful. The next second night was also stressful. But last night was the first time that you, waking up in the night, I did not reach over, didn't look for it. And I have felt better, not necessarily sleeping all that better, but I am sleep. I feel better through the night as I do it. So uh, not only am I trying a new thing, I'm also trying to be very conscious about what the effect of that thing is on me. That's amazing. Also, if you're like, I must have my phone in the night, uh, places, apps like Headspace or a bunch of others, uh, Calm I know has it. They'll just look them up. You'll find these, I'm sure, for free. There are nighttime modes and meditations. Yeah. There are literally meditations to help you go back to sleep. Um, and you can listen to them and relax into them. Practice your breathing. Because breathing practice, I do it always. You know, it will help you 
Um, it's just good. Also, it's good in general. Like, like you said, these are good. These are good things to do yeah. in general. That's the thing is that if we're wiping the slate clean, we get to, you know, if making it's hard to always say, I want to start this new habit or whatever. Well, we just knocked everything over. Yeah. So build yourself uh, a new thing. Yeah. No kidding. No All those people kidding. are like, I'm embarrassed. I've been out of touch. I did not. Don't worry. It's all reset. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. But also, I will say, for those of you that are like, how are all these people doing all these things? Like, I'm just stressed. Like, that's also okay. Um, oh, yeah. You know, I, I have a bunch of friends that jumped into action on day one and have stood up all sorts of things from really important um, measurement sites to, to measure the 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 virus to really wonderful, you know, a friend of mine stood up this thing called the quarantine book club. That is, you know, just a, a way of bringing people together to, to meet an author and that sort of thing. So from super serious to, to, to fun. And I have been like, I normally stand things up all the time. And how am I supposed you're like, I'm not doing this. And then I realized like, it's okay. You know, like, oh, yeah. I'm getting my house in order. We've had a big disruption with the kids here and that's fine. And also the people that are jumped in and are moving at a, a hundred miles an hour right now, they're going to need a break. And at some right. point there will be a baton pass to the folks that are then in a space where they're more ready to, to help or to, to jump in and do important, important things, or just to do those new things that you'd like to do. Um, wherever you're at right now is fine. Yeah, absolutely. Like I said last week, I, you know, everyone's like, oh, it's so great for writing. You should do so much writing. I just sat there like I was like sitting on my shoulders was a volleyball with a face drawn on it. There was nothing going on upstairs. Um, I And also, I, I basically spent the whole week rearranging the apartment, trying to, you know, it ha it has to have some different functions now because of Oscar's work, etc. Because of where we live, we have to have a kind of zone by the door. Right. Masks, uh, gloves, etc. Because in order for us to go outside, we have to pass through one, two, three different barriers and two different public spaces. Wow. Or one each, like, you know, the space off the elevator. Yeah. So um, it requires a bit more rigmarole. So there was a lot of procedural stuff I had to do. Totally. Um, and so I was like, wow, I'm the worst. I could have been right. I've written a whole, I could have written a whole book last week. And I was like, that's dumb. Like, don't beat yourself up. Like, that's yeah. ridiculous. This is hard. Don't, don't fucking do that. And uh, also, if you're having anxiety, here's a game I'd like to play. Remember, anxiety is just this thing. Imagine it now. It's a little furry monster. It's round. It's got a, it's, it's red. It's got big, it's fuzzy. It looks like a little Muppet with a big wide mouth. And big googly eyes. It's got those little googly eyes that go. Woo, woo, woo. Okay. And every once in a while we'll have it. And then when one person has it, you've caught, you're holding it. Oh, I've caught the, you know, I've caught the anxiety. Here it is. I'm holding it. Look at this googly eyed little goofball, little fuckwit. And then everyone else is like, hey, oh, you're holding it right now. And then we'll kind of pass it around and we'll take care of each other. And we'll know it's, but when you have it, remember. It's just that googly-eyed little monster. <laughs> it can't ultimately do anything. That's the other big thing that you should know about it. It doesn't it can't actually do shit to you. It is really like a Muppet. It can't do shit to you. It makes it seem it's going rah, 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 and it's spinning its eyes around. It's going, rah, 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 I'm so scary. And you're like, you can't do shit, you goofy little, you goofy little nerd. And you pet it. It hates that when you pet it. It's like, ah, I'm so scary. You're like, no. Look at you, little fuck nut. Look at you, goofy little fuck nut. <laughs> Maureen, it is important to help each other out. And that is one thing that has been true with the listeners of Says Who for a long time. Because Says Who is made possible by you. You. Through your support of our Patreon at patreon.com slash says who. Our theme music was performed by Ted Leo. Ted, I hope you are sheltering in place and doing what you need to do. Our logo was designed by Darth. Darth, Darth, I hope you are surrounded 
by potatoes. You can contact us at Says Who Podcast on Twitter. You can email at hey, that is H-E-Y, at SaysWhoPodcast.com. You can join the discussion on Facebook at slash groups slash Says Whovians. Our Facebook group is moderated by Janice Dillard. You can pick up Says Who merch at merch.SaysWhoPodcast.com. And uh, there is a bunch of great stuff, shirts, mugs. There is a meet you at the Haunted Mansion fanny pack. There's a lot of good stuff there. Treat yourself. Merch.SaysWhoPodcast.com. Spread the word, subscribe, and please leave stars and reviews on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. And you can join us next Wednesday, April 1st, believe it or not, for our next episode. Oh, boy. April Fool's. This Won't is... that be a fun one? Nobody do April Fool's this year. No. No. April Fool's is canceled. And uh, my I meant to say my camera has arrived. My camera. Hey, hey. So Auntie MJ's schoolhouse setting up for that. So if you have any ideas on things you'd like on Auntie MJ's schoolhouse or our bonus episodes, which I believe we're recording tomorrow. Indeed. Uh oh, well I guess they by the time this comes out, yeah. us. so suck it. Ah <laughs> uh, yes, if you are a Patreon backer at the five dollar level or up, the bonus episodes are about to flow like molasses water, like slow water. But uh, yeah, like, yeah, we are going to be recording some bonus episodes and we will be putting those out on the regular. Uh, there are also, if you have not already chalked up, I think there are somewhere on the order of 30 bonus episodes sitting there waiting for you if you have not uh, already binged them all. So uh, we'll make them stupid. <laughs> they will definitely be stupid. And on that note, from my basement in Chicago, I am Dan Sinker. And from my apartment in New York City, I'm Maureen Johnson. And this has been Says Who. Ah, you little fuck nut. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>